Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. everyone and welcome back to surviving my podcast my name is matt your humble host right back here for another awesome edition of the show thank you so much for joining me i'm always stoked to have you here as we rock our survivor journey together if you are a first-time listener i'm glad that you found the podcast and i hope that you'll find it validating encouraging and maybe a little fun too be sure and check out some other podcasts and head over to survivingmypast.net for blog posts, videos, and much more, all in the support of those who have survived the trauma of abuse. If you are a returning listener, you guys rock. You're amazing. Thanks so much for the support, the encouragement, and helping to spread the message of hope that we promote right here on the show. So today, I am super excited and honored to introduce my guest to you, the amazing Sarah Fader. If you are a trauma survivor or living with mental health challenges of any type, you may very well know who Sarah is. She's the founder of Stigma Fighters, an organization dedicated to spreading awareness about mental health issues in high schools and colleges around the United States. Stigma Fighters began as a blog series where people shared essays about living with a variety of mental illnesses. The basis of the program focuses on the invaluable benefits of sharing your story. It's been featured on the Washington Post, Psychology Today, the Huffington Post, Women's Health, the Good Men Project, which is which is something that I'm very familiar with. Um, and I actually had the honor of sharing my story on Stigma Fighters in 2016. It was uh, it was one of the first times that I ever reached out um, and kind of put myself out there to share my story as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So it was uh, very scary at first, but it was also really launched, um, you know, kind of um, surviving my past, so to speak, and really kind of helped me understand the importance of sharing your story. So we're, we're going to talk about stigma fighters and a lot more. So Sarah, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? I am doing well. That was a badass intro. That was really well done. I feel like you totally researched the shit out of me. <laughs> well, I did. I absolutely did. I mean, <laughs> I've been on your that website. Cat, a lot. Of course, I follow you on Twitter. So yeah, absolutely. I did my research I, I for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you heard my cat meowing, but she approves. The one thing that I I wanted, yeah, she's good. Um, The the one thing I wanted to add is that the most recent thing that happened to me that is pretty remarkable is that I was on the front page of the New York Times style section. Um, Wow. Yeah, it was really amazing. I'll send you a link to that article when we are done talking. But uh, this reporter from the New York Times reached out to me out of the blue. It was kind of serendipitous. I just had uh, someone email me, and you know when you know when people are like yelling at you through email. <laughs> yeah, that I know what that. To you? Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, so that happened, and then right after that, this reporter from the New York Times, Alex Williams, reached out to me and said. I noticed that you had a viral hashtag about anxiety. This is what anxiety feels like. 
and I wanted to interview you for an article that I'm writing about the age of anxiety, which initially I thought was hilarious because I don't know, having, having a uh, generation that is associated with a mental health issue is pretty funny to me. Um, but then again, I have a morbid, dark sense of humor. But then I, th- I thought it was a great idea. And so we talked on the phone and uh, I have a really funny quote in there, which I can't remember exactly what it is, but it boils down to something like, if you're not anxious, in this, basically, if you're not anxious in in this day and age, there's something wrong with you. Wow, <laughs> that's in, that is so incredible. Thank you, and and I to me the greatest thing about that whole experience is that it was a further manifestation of how people are more open to talking about mental illness. And specifically anxiety, because anxiety is so prevalent in our culture. And I can't remember the statistic, but it's quite high that people experience anxiety on some level in a chronic way. And I think, you know, as a teenager and a young adult, I was often characterized as dramatic or exaggerating. And so having people validate that anxiety is a real chronic mental health issue or mental illness is extremely gratifying to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're right. And um, anxiety is a big part of my blog as well. And so, yeah, for somebody to reach out for, to you and, you know, to have that kind of um, publicity, you know, in such a major publication is incredible. So that just speaks to you and, you know, personally and, um, you know, stigma fighters as a whole and everybody that you're reaching on just such a amazingly huge level. So congrats to you. That's just freaking cool. Thank you so much. I have always said that, and this is the, the honest truth, that if people don't remember me, but they remember stigma fighters, that's the most important thing. You know what? That's that's very well said, and that's that's kind of the 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 mantra, so to speak, or the attitude that I take. You know, about my blog is it's not about Matt; it's about sharing the story and sharing the story of others and validating and encouraging people. And in my case, survivors of abuse, but those who live with dissociation and anxiety and suffer from PTSD and CPTSD, and um, you know, it's about everybody opening up and sharing their story and finding validation and encouraging each other. Um, and you know, which of course, as you know, you know, finding our founding stigma fighters, it just creates this, this gigantic wave or this ripple effect, or, you know, you know, maybe, maybe even in your case, like a tidal wave of advocacy of people reaching out. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an amazing thing. And I'm just, I'm honored that I had a chance to share my story. Um, I still get emails from time to time of people saying they found me on stigma fighters. And that was like the middle of 2016, I think when I did that or something. So that, see, really... that makes me happy because it shows that the the power of community, you know, and that was initially, that was my goal with Sigma Fighters. Well, I had a lot of goals, but one of the things was to create a community where people felt like they could share their stories, that people would listen to them, that, and that's really what I found is people are so grateful to have the opportunity to be like, I want to tell you what happened to me. And, they, you know, there are different motivations for that, but I don't really care what they are because the point is that 
you should have the opportunity as a human being to connect with other human beings and share what you went through because you don't know who it's going to help. And also it's cathartic for you. That's exactly right. And I know going over to, um, you know, uh, stigma fighters at any given time, there are new stories popping up all the time of people just sharing openly and, you know, you know, their pictures up there and their names there. And it's amazing to see um, how, how unashamed, you know, we are now and how this is so much more of something that people are willing to talk about and to reach out for help and to find the healing power of community. It's just, it's an incredible feeling. I know how I felt um, when I first submitted it, you know, there, there was a little bit of fear and kind of, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? And, you know, but once you put it out there and people start validating you and they start reaching out to you and, you know, it's out on social media and they're like cheering you on. I mean, that's just freaking an incredible, incredible feeling to know that people get you and understand where you've been and that there's no judgment, there's no shame. And they're, they're cheering you on for sharing your story. Yeah, I think that's, it, that's a, a really good point. And also, I also want to honor the people who have difficulty sharing their story that it's a challenge for them and they need some encouragement or validation to get to that point. And I also want to validate the people who were not comfortable sharing their name, but submitted things anonymously because that speaks to the pervasive nature of stigma in our society. And it shows how we need to grow, but still their stories are helping people. For example, there is one story called Once Upon a Time I Was Raped. And that one always sticks out to me because even though she didn't say who she was, it still helps people because it's something that really happened to her. And there are survivors that are afraid to speak up. I find it so incredible how so many people find different ways to share their story in terms of, um, you know, maybe it's a story, maybe it's just sharing facts and thoughts, but the way that people word their 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 submissions just to me is so it's interesting and it's and it's incredibly validating to see just the unique way that people find to express themselves yeah oh and and i also wanted to add so about it not being about me right because it's the community and all that stuff um i was in the i my story was in the first volume of the stigma fighters anthology because we have three published volumes of it but i made a book trailer uh, like a video trailer of it and in the background was uh the song fight song by rachel platten right. and i i put every person's picture who was in that book and i forgot to include my own picture and everybody asked me like why i did that it was not a purposeful decision but then i i started to think about it and i was like okay so i think subconsciously what I thought was it's not about me right it's about these people and about their stories and you know yeah I facilitated it and I gave them a microphone but I didn't see myself as part of this in that way that's that's very interesting everybody would think that of course your picture would be there because you are you know not not you know you have your own background and the mental health challenges that you live with but of course, you are also the founder and, you know, the, you know, the um, the person who started this whole movement. So it, it would seem very um, appropriate for you to put your picture in there. But I, I can see where, you know, your mindset would be to not necessarily include it. So, yeah, that's that's very interesting, actually. It, it was weird. And I it, it, again, it wasn't purposeful. But I think what I was trying to do with that video is like say a public thank you to those people, you know, Um 
And I'm going to be honest, like putting together that first anthology was really, really difficult for me because I have ADD and so it was like totally scattered and we had some challenges and miscommunications, but ultimately we pulled it together. And I really have to thank our board of directors. Um, Allie Burke is the executive director of Stigma Fighters and she lives with paranoid schizophrenia. She's like my business partner, my best friend. She's wonderful. She writes a column for Psychology Today. And without her, this whole thing would not have come together in the way that it did. And also Sarah Comerford, who is the vice president of Stigma Fighters, she is the glue that holds us together. And she's extremely grounded and can see things from a logical perspective. Same with Allie, but Sarah as well. And Courtney Kazee is uh, our administrator, and she schedules all the posts on Stigma Fighters. So without her, we would be totally in the clouds um and so we have really tried to maintain this solid connection of it's an all-female board of directors and it's an all-female um run organization which is important to me and it and it wasn't it wasn't a conscious decision but it just happened that way um, although actually courtney identifies as non-binary so that isn't entirely true but um but yeah it's important that we give credit to where credit is due and that it's another it's another example of why it's important in the mental health community to check your ego because if you act like that, people are not going to want to associate with you. Very well said. And it, it, it's clear that um, Stigma Fighters is, is a true team effort. And, you know, the product that you have out there is just incredible. It's validating. It gives so many people a voice to share. And, you know, you're right as a advocate for, you know, for yourself and for everybody on your team and, you know, coming from that, that, that perspective as well, it is important to, to um, check that ego at the door because nobody wants to hear anybody tooting their own horn all the time and talk about how they did this and they did that. And really, you know, kind of, kind of take the focus away from the, from the larger purpose, the larger goal, so to speak. So, um, you know, kudos to you and everybody that that's associated with it because it's just an amazing resource. Um, what advice would you have for somebody who's who, who's right now maybe listening and thinking, I'm going to share my story, but I don't really know if I can or if I should or what I would say. Do you have anything that you might be able to say to them? I would write your story like you're talking to your friend. And I wouldn't think about it in such a large perspective because that will intimidate you. So I would just pretend like, and this is something in acting that we do when you're doing a scene and maybe you don't know the person very well. So you pretend like that person is someone you know. And so that's what you do with your writing. You don't think, you just write and you see what comes out. And then you ask yourself, am I ready to do this? Is this something that I want to do? And what is my motivation behind doing this? And if you feel like you can, then you do it. It doesn't, and and the other thing is, nothing is permanent. So if you look back, you know, if you share it and you get great feedback and you feel good about it, that's great. If you share it and you feel uncomfortable for whatever reason, you can ask us to take it down. Uh, You know, sharing your story, it's such a personal thing. And, you know, I, I always like to refer to it as, you know, it can be scary as hell when you first do it, but it opens up a world of healing and support and validation that you never knew existed until you're able to get to that point to where you can open up and share. And once you open up and share your story once, oftentimes it leads to a snowball of sharing in other places. I know that's what happened with me. 
Um, you know, once people started finding my story on on Stigma Fighters, I started sharing it other places and other places and more places. And, you know, the more I found for me personally, the more I got my story out there and um, it just really it validated my own feelings and the fear eventually started to really subside and like, you know, I can do this and my story is important and maybe my story will help other people. And I know that so many just, you know, go over to Sigma fighters and read the submissions and just feel like that person's telling my story. That person just said what I'm thinking, you know, that person's lived what I lived through. And that's, I mean, there, there isn't much more that's validating, um, you know, as a survivor or, or somebody living with anxiety or other mental health challenges than to read somebody and pretty much be in the exact same place that they are. I think that is very well said. And also what I find in reading other people's stories is I'm like, oh, wow, I relate to that. Or I am so impressed that this person could write that because I'm afraid to. Or, I, or yeah, looking at that and, say, and saying I could have written this. Or this is such a different perspective. I never thought of it that way. So there's many ways in which reading other people's stories can help you in in that respect like relating or seeing things from a different point of view and also healing like you mentioned and it can be scary at first but you also can think about it as if it's not just about you like we talked about it's about when you share your story you're helping other people and you don't actually sometimes you don't even know who you're helping because those people are not going to tell you but they're out there and they are being helped and, and you'll be surprised at the different feedback that you'll receive if you take the leap and share your story. So it's also like if you're afraid, think about something that you were afraid to do and then you did it. Maybe it was as a child. Maybe it was as a teenager or an adult. Like for me, the example of that is that I was afraid of so many things. I was a very nervous child. So one of the things that I was afraid of is diving. And because it seemed like, I don't know what I'm going to go into. It's unknown, you know, and I still, and I push myself and I now know how to dive. And so that is an example of how you can think of sharing your story. Maybe you're scared, but once you learn how to do it, you've done it. Fear of the unknown is such a driving force with people who are survivors of abuse or those who live with mental health challenges. Um, because, you know, you're wondering, well, you know, what's this going to be like? What's going to happen? What if I start to go work with a therapist or a counselor or a coach? Or what if I share my story? Or what if I try something that I've never done before? Like, what's going to happen? And so oftentimes for people who live with anxiety, which is something you're familiar with, I'm definitely familiar with, anxiety really can keep you from reaching out and trying new things and keep you stuck in that perpetual mode of fear um, because you're just because you're so afraid of what could happen or what might happen or what you think is going to happen or what somebody told you could happen that you never end up doing it. But man, once you try something new um, and you know what, even even if you tried and you don't like it, you tried something new. And that I, I find is super important because it really carries over into other future things that maybe you, you end up trying that you maybe never thought you did, you know, or, or could do. But that first time you reach out and, and try something new, whether you like it or not makes no difference. It's the fact that you reached out of your comfort zone and tried it. Yeah, I think that anything that is unknown and is something that you're not sure what the result is going to be. But I would stop thinking. I've had this conversation with so many people and the fear that they experience with you know, life challenges, you 
do not have control over what is going to happen after you take an action. We want to have control, and it's a natural human instinct. And so the best thing that you can remind yourself is, I am in this moment, and I am choosing to make a decision for these reasons, and that what happens after that, you don't, you don't know. So don't focus on that. Focus on the fact that you are choosing to make a decision that is good for you in this moment. Excellent advice. Very well said. And, you know, you, you are exactly right. And, you know, I encourage everyone, reach out and take that first step and try something new, sharing your story, go diving, do whatever it is, you know, take a chance on yourself and just go and see what happens because you're right. You have no control over what's going to happen in the future. Uh, you know, whatever happened in the past is done. You can't change it. So advocate for yourself and, and consider reaching out and, and out of your comfort zone and trying something and empowering you for the future that once you do it once, it gets a little bit easier to do it in the future. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, being an advocate and someone who lives with mental health challenges, um, you know, in your case with the anxiety and and the panic disorder and other things, and me living with dissociation and anxiety and PTSD, um, how much of a challenge is it to, to kind of keep yourself grounded and make sure that you're okay in the midst of advocating for, I'll just say pretty much everybody else. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing with anybody, regardless of mental health issues or not, is to put your oxygen mask on before you're going to help other people. So you will be the most useful and helpful person if you take care of yourself, which is very challenging for people that are sensitive, because oftentimes people with mental health issues are very empathetic towards other people because they know what suffering is in a variety of capacities. So there is this impulse or drive to help people because you feel for them. You will be able to help them better if you are in a stable position, if you are working on yourself in therapy, in meditation, or whatever that means for you, whatever the treatment plan is. So make sure that you are in a stable place before you start helping other people. Yeah, that's so well said. And I think me being a survivor and stuff, I, I'm very empathetic towards others. And I find myself um, oftentimes burning the candle at both ends and spending an, an, you know, an, an exorbitant amount of time, um, you know, making sure that there's content ready to go and editing things and, um, you know, putting out the best product I can. And I oftentimes neglect taking care of myself as much as I should, whether you're an advocate or, you know, you're starting your own blog for yourself or you're doing a podcast or whatever it is you're doing. You know, as much as you want to help people and and as good as that is and as amazing and as needed as that is, taking care of you has to be, um, I think, a top priority. It's hard to remember that in the moment. And I think the biggest thing, which is it's uh, very challenging for me, is setting those boundaries because sometimes people come to you in desperation and they need something. And there seems to be a sense of urgency. And it's about... Um, understanding and knowing when it's a true urgent situation or it's something that you can take a beat and be like, let me get back to you. As somebody with ADHD, I have a tendency to act impulsively. So what I've been working on lately is taking a beat before I react or, and and also it's more, it's more about like acting and not reacting. So you're going to say to yourself, what is this person saying to me? And do I have a response or do I need to take a moment to get back to them? 
you don't have to respond right away. That is something that is with any communication. So whether that's text or a phone call or you're in person with someone, you do not have an obligation to respond right away to this person. And it is okay for you to sit with the, those feelings that you're having so that you can give a more coherent and helpful response. That is so well said. And that's something that I personally struggle with is, you know, at times as well. And now I have gotten a lot better at it lately. But when I first started my blog and people were seeing uh, stories and whatnot and sending me emails and stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I have to answer right away. I got to get I, I got to get back to this person. And, you know, I have to hurry up and drop what I'm doing. And I found that I was getting so unbelievably burnt out. And, you know, I now I've I, I understand that the the importance of um, you know, if I get an email from someone and he wants to share their story or something that, you know, if I'm in a place to answer right away, I will do that. But if I'm not, then, you know, it's okay to take a day or two or whatever to get back to them. And I think that's that's an incredibly important thing uh, to remember, uh, you know, for anyone who is starting up a type of advocacy group or your blog or because once you start opening yourself out, people are, are going to start coming to you wanting to you know, get your advice and your insight. And it, it's an amazing validating thing and, and, and it's wonderful. But I also just, you know, we want to just re- reiterate the importance of taking care of yourself, answering the emails, the the texts, the DMs, whatever in your own time. And that it's not the person is being ignored. It's just that there are a million and one things going on and we have to always remember to take care of ourselves. So very well said and amazing advice. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. The other thing is sometimes people with anxiety, I I understand this personally, have a tendency to feel like they are being ignored if there isn't an immediate response. So there are techniques to deal with people with anxiety. So you can say, hey, I got your message. I'm not ignoring you, but I'll get back to you in X amount of time. You know, and maybe that's not precise, but just let them know that you hear them but you don't have time to respond right now, you will definitely get back to them when you do have that time. And because a lot of times it's about acknowledgement and it's about understanding that this person has a mental health issue and they are anxious, but you don't have to take on their anxiety, but you can acknowledge it and say, you know, I, I hear you, but I need to take care of myself before I get back to you. You're right. You know, somebody who lives with anxiety and I know sometimes when I, when I reach out to someone and they don't get back right away, I get those little thoughts in my head of well, maybe they don't think my site's good enough. Maybe they don't care about me. Maybe they don't want to share their story. Maybe I'm not worthy of their time. And, and like my mind starts to wander and I have to ground myself and say, okay, take a step back, breathe. They're, they're in the same position you are. They've got their own life to do and they have a million and one things going on, but they will get back to me in time. And I think it's important to really you know, understand the importance of grounding myself just like you do. So that was very validating to me. So thank you. Uh, Stigma Fighters is just such an amazing organization. I'm honored to have been, you know, to have my story over there and to just um, help spread the advocacy and the support and the amazing message that you're sending. So even though it needs no introduction or anything, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and um, how they can go about submitting their story over to Stigma Fighters. Oh, yeah. But, you know, some people probably haven't heard of Stigma Fighters, so it's good to introduce them. So you can find Sigma Fighters uh, at www.sigmafighters.com and you can share your story there. And you can just click on the submit button and that's the easiest way to do it. And I, I am on Twitter at at the Sarah Fader. And that's the place that you can find me the most. Um, thank you so much for having me and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. 
Thanks again for listening to Surviving My Podcast, sponsored by survivingmypast.net, a blog about my life with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD, and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. This podcast or any resources sponsored by survivingmypast.net should not be considered as therapy or professional medical help. If you are in crisis, I encourage you to seek out the services of a mental health or physical health professional. I also encourage you to check out online crisis support from sites like RAIN.org, OneIn6.org, and The Samaritans. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, just contact me anytime through email, matt at survivingmypast.net, or use the contact forms on the blog. Thank you again for your support and encouragement, and always know that you rock. Talk to you soon.